Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, pet lovers in Radioland, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm your host, Marie Hewlett, and I have to say that my pets and I are really happy that our record-breaking heat wave is finally over. But this dry, windy, hot weather certainly took a toll, and fires have devastated many areas of Southern California. Pets have been especially at risk, but fortunately, an organization called the Fetch Foundation stepped up and delivered Pet O2, or oxygen masks, to San Diego County, courtesy of many donors who pitched in the money for each of these devices. Michael Shelby of the Fetch Foundation will have a lot more on this topic. Then, after our halftime break, Zahara Neely from the Pasadena Humane Society will have some great tips to share that go along with National Dog Bite Prevention Week. This and more are coming right up, so stay tuned to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM, and we'll begin after a very quick message from the station. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'd like to introduce Michael Shelby from the Fetch Foundation. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm so happy you were able to join us this morning because we have a very timely issue to to discuss. It's the Fido bag and the Pet O2 masks for firefighters. Absolutely. We just delivered 50 masks over to the uh, fires in California this weekend. And let's tell our audience what these masks are for. Well, these masks are part of the, the final bag, which is our rescue bag for pets for first responders. About 80% of the bag uh, and the use is in the oxygen mask, which is a veterinary O2 mask, conical shaped, so it makes a seal over the a dog's nose and mouth. Okay. And, and with the large mask, you can put a a cat in it, put his whole head in and get an oxygen chamber, <laughs> put a bird in it. We had a uh, goose saved a couple of weeks ago wow. in Glendale Fire. Okay. And uh, and then we also, we're also we now putting out triple masks. So we're putting out masks with three different sizes, ranging from large to small. Oh, excellent. So, so even though they're called the, the Fido bags where you have everything all packaged up for the firefighters, they really are for all animals. Right, and, and the Fido bag is to supplement what the firefighters don't have on their vehicle, like the veterinary O2 mask, splints, restraints, so you can tie up a fractious animil, okay. uh, a, a case and, and gloves for cats. They like a secure spot. Okay, and this is really important. I mean, we're seeing so many fires in Southern California right now with the the heat wave that we've had. It's it's just been devastating, and so many people had to leave their pets behind because they were evacuated and they couldn't get back to their homes. So for the firefighters to be able to have these and use these on the animals that they're rescuing, that's terrific. And I understand that this project is being funded through donations. Correct. Um, we're a, we're a, we got our 5013 c in 2009. Okay. So we're a tax-deductible foundation. Excellent. Um, so everything we do is not is nonprofit, um, and we get everything done through donations. Where that's where our volunteers come in. They're vital to our program in conducting fundraising activities. 
Oh, okay. How does somebody get involved with volunteering? Well, you can go to our website, which is thefetchfoundation.com. Thefetchfoundation.com. Yeah. Okay. All right. uh, you can get involved through that, and like we say, that they're our lifeline for helping us get more money. Okay, and if somebody wanted to actually help in getting these masks to the different fire departments, I know that your goal is to have one of these kits, at least one on every fire truck in the whole country. Right, that, that's, and right now we've got about 585 bags throughout North America. Oh, excellent. Most are in Maricopa County. Phoenix Fire picked up 105 a couple of months ago. Okay. Um, and so we also have uh, bags uh, to the Afghanistan for the military working dogs. Wow. And the Maricopa County Sheriff's has five of our wilderness bags. Now, that's a, a bag with a lot more stuff in it because they're out uh, you know, in the county uh, by the rivers and the lakes. So they're away from uh, first aid, uh, you know, rapid response. So And they have, uh, like, dogs on the back of ATVs, and when the, the owners wreck their ATV, they launch the dogs. Wow. So they have more injuries, so we have more stuff in there for them. Well, we also have now. the SWAT bag, which is a bag for the police department dogs. Oh. What? It also has a little more stuff in it. Okay. So these various levels of bags that you provide – if somebody wanted to purchase a complete bag that would be sent out to a particular fire department, let's say I wanted to get one for the Fountain Valley Fire Department in my mm -hmm. own city, could I designate that I want a kit to go to my own city's fire Absolutely. department? Absolutely. You know, the oh, bags very cool. are about, uh, the Fido bag is uh, at $100. Okay. And we can uh, we can uh, deliver them or have them delivered to anybody you want to. That's very cool. And that's all online so you could find all that information at, at thefetchfoundation.com. Correct. Okay. So okay. we had mentioned military recently in our conversation, and I understand that you're also involved in a program called the Military Veterans Companion Program. Let's talk about that. Tell me all about it. Yeah, that's with our partner, Soldier's Best Friend. And the Fetch Foundation, we call ourselves a search and service organization because we're not a shelter but we do some rescue, and we look specifically for dogs that would be good for service dogs, if they're you know friendly, sociable, that kind of thing. Uh, and we also look for dogs that might be good for search and rescue operations. Sounds like you got a little Betty back there too. That's <laughs> Sam in the background. He's a, <laughs> sorry. Oh no, that's fun. He just wants to get involved in the radio show. Oh, he's outside, but he's but he's loud. <laughs> but. Um, uh, so what we do is if we get a dog that looks like it's good for service uh, or soldier's best friend will reach out to us and ask if we know of any, but we'll get them, do a little bit of training and evaluation, and then soldier's best friend will hook them up with a, a vet that needs a service dog. That's outstanding. Yeah, it's one of the best, better parts of the program. We've had some excellent success stories. With One was particular was a guy who was basically in his house for, with his mom for 14 months had expressed interest in a dog, and we went and just didn't tell him who we were. He said, we've got this dog, you know, if you want, if you want, but he has to go out twice a day. And within three months, he had his own apartment, job, car. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. so by having the responsibility of having a little guy that's depending on you, it really encourages and motivates to get outside and start living again. Absolutely. Dogs are the best therapy in the world. 
That's very, very cool. It's, I love hearing stories like that. And I know that you do some other rescues with shelters. I know you're not a rescue or shelter yourself, but you look for pets that potentially can make good search and rescue dogs. Right, exactly. And uh, we'll we'll take them in and, again, the evaluation training, and then we'll try to place them with an individual or an organization, you know, like uh, like the county sheriff uh, search and rescue group or uh, whatever, and get them uh, partnered up. What kind of traits do you look for when you're going into a shelter and looking for a pet who might be able to meet these qualifications? Well, um, you're looking, number one, for a dog that's uh, sociable. Okay. Right? You don't want any aggressive tendencies. What but, if somebody really wants to play? Is well, that that's, that's, that's that you for a high play drive, a high food drive, uh, even a high prey drive, which can be tailored and, and adjusted to uh, toy or food. Uh, and then, of course, dogs love to be praised. I mean, that's a huge reinforcer. Okay. And do they have to be under a certain age, or can you find a five-year-old dog that has all those qualifications? And yeah, a five-six is probably the uh, outside of the envelope because okay. generally a, a search dog has depending on his health and everything, about a six- to nine-year uh, shelf life in terms before they're retired. Wow. Well, there is a beautiful dog at the Irvine Animal Shelter right now. He's an Anatolian Shepherd. Oh, those and are great dogs. And he loves to play, and he, uh, he hasn't had much training. I think he's about two years old. Uh-huh. But he is awesome, and I think he was just too big for whoever had previously owned him, and now he's looking for a new home. So he might be perfect for you. <laughs> you never know. You know we, we've... Uh, We've taken them from all over. Uh, of course, most of the things happen here in the, the, the valley the, around Maricopa County, but we've taken dogs. We're also partnered with Best Friends in Utah. Oh, excellent. Uh, they're, you, know, they're, you, know, you know who they are, the largest no-kill facility in the right, world. Right. We just got a, a dog. I had taken one of our uh, rescue dogs. I uh, had a little three-legged dog. took him up to Best Friends. And uh, and then while I was up there, someone had left this incredible golden retriever on mm. the property. Wow! Just, just abandoned Killian, you know. And so they said, "You're going to have to take this dog back to Phoenix with you because if you don't, we're going to adopt him personally." <laughs> he is the friendliest, most well-adjusted uh, ball of fur, uh-huh. and he got along with my lab, Franklin. And, you know, it was great in a hotel, great traveling, and uh, we're going to hook him up as a service dog. That's fabulous. Oh, I love hearing stories like that. Do you have some of these stories posted on your website or on Facebook or any social media? We're actually in process of of rebuilding uh, our website where these stories will be logged on on there and we'll be be updating it regularly. We had a, uh, about three months ago, there was in a uh, a 10-day period, there were, 11 pets saved in the Phoenix area by the Fido bag. Oh. They were deployed. Uh, one fire in which a woman's house burned with, uh, there were four dogs and three cats. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, news media was there, and they happened to be able to film everything. The three Fido bags were deployed. They had lifeless dogs and cats, and they were giving them all oxygen. And the woman who owned the house was away, and she came back. Of course, the only thing she cared about was her pets. Sure. And they were all saved. They all came back. Oh. And so that vir- that went viral, which uh, started to get us an incredible number of <laughs> requests for Fido bags. Uh-huh. So we are ramping up to uh, be a organization that can really now supply 
far more bad. It's, it's been sort of catch as catch can uh, as we've been getting the information out. But now uh, we're more known, and we're having to, you know, we'll be putting on probably, you know, some more staff. That can, most of our people are are volunteers. All of our people are volunteers. Okay. And and but we need to, you know, get more bags and more things out there. And we well, we also you... don't care who gets these. Uh, O2 mask to the fire department. We just want the, you know the life-saving ability for the Absolutely. firefighters. Absolutely. Let's give your website out before I let you go. One more so, time. TheFetchFoundation.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Michael. It's been great talking with you. This Excellent. Morning. Anytime. We appreciate the help. We need to take a quick break now, but there is plenty more of the show to come, including everything you should know to prevent being bitten by a dog. All the details are coming right up after a very quick message from the station on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett, and my second guest of the morning is Zahara Neely from the Pasadena Humane Society. Good morning, Zahara. Good morning, Marie. How have you been? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right, and I'm really excited to talk to you about this morning because it is National Dog Bite Prevention Week, and I think it's really important to spread the word on how to be safe because there are so many bites that occur in the United States each and every year, and it's it's an astounding number. It is. Yeah, I know. Um, the um, Insurance Information Institute and State Farm Insurance released a study last week that in California alone, um, there are 1,919 dog bites reported in the state of California in 2013. So it is uh, definitely a big number. Um, and, and that's reported. A lot of bites go unreported, too. So right, exactly. That's uh, pretty bad. And, and I know that the worst situations involve children. Mm-hmm. Right. And that can be prevented. Most dog bites can be prevented. Um, and especially with children, um, it's just a matter of, uh, recognizing what the warning signals are that dogs uh, display and communicate. Um, so, for example, um, children might think it's it's appropriate to uh, pet a dog on its head or give it hugs and kisses, but that can actually actually be very uncomfortable for the dog. Right. Um, so instead. Um, you know, we always encourage uh, people when approaching a dog to ask the dog owner permission before they pet the dog. Absolutely. And um, it, it amazes me. Even even adults will walk right up to me when I'm walking my dogs. And, and without even asking, they'll just walk right up and start petting. And fortunately, my dogs are very, very nice, and they would never bite anybody. But right. that's not true for a lot of dogs who are quite fearful and that's an accident waiting to happen. You should wait for the the owner to answer. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> Sometimes people say, can I pet your dog? And they're already reaching out and starting to pet before I can even say anything. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's a natural reaction that a lot of people have. Um, but, you know, just asking permission and waiting for the owner to respond can make a huge difference. And also, um, if the owner does say, that it is okay to pet the dog, but the dog is clearly uncomfortable, you know, like shying away, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, don't push it. Um, You have to let the dog initiate the contact. Definitely. It's Mm -hmm. interesting with dogs. Sometimes dogs love almost everybody, but then for some reason, who knows why, Mm -hmm. there'll be one person in particular that they just don't like. And it might be a stranger, or it might even be a family member or a friend, but mm-hmm. they just will never let that person pet them and, and growl and, and maybe even bite if that person tries to really push the issue. Right. And, you know, uh, it's it's good that you mentioned growling because growling is the best indicator that a dog is uncomfortable, that uh, it may or may not like you. Um, there are also other warning signals that they do give off, including like a closed mouth, a hard direct stare, stiff body, raised tackles, so like the ridge of hair along its spine mm-hmm. um, at the base of its tail. So if the hair is on end, <laughs> you know, you might just want to keep your distance. And also curled lips. How about with injured animals? I know a lot of people want to help an injured animal that they come upon. Mm -hmm. And you might have the nicest pet in the world, but if it's injured, it's going to bite, isn't it? Right. It it, it can very well um, bite um, to protect itself. Well, especially if it's hurting. For example, if you have a real friendly dog and, and let's say it got loose and was hit by a car. Right. And you... Somebody went out to pick it up, and they knew the dog because they know you for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. If they tried to pick it up and you touched a, an injured spot, the reflex is going to be to turn around and snap, even if it's the nicest dog in the world. Exactly. So if there is an injured animal, you know, definitely we recommend you calling your animal control, um, your local animal control agency, and they... Um, know the techniques and ways to handle injured animals to prevent being bitten, and they will take it to the shelter or uh, to a local emergency uh, veterinary clinic for medical attention. Okay, so we want to make sure we have animal control programmed in our phone, ready to go for all emergencies. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Now, let's talk about food possessiveness. Some dogs are very possessive of their food bowl. And I think a lot of people probably get bitten in the process of giving a dog some food or trying to take a food bowl away. Can you talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about that? Right. So with food possession, you know, you want to let the animal enjoy its its food and and try not to interrupt that. Um, That's the best way to prevent um, uh, any or instigate any type of uh, negative uh, reactions. Can you train a pet not to be so food possessive? Uh, yes, you can. Um, if you enroll uh, in an obedience class um, or even talk to a, a trainer, they can give you tips okay. on how to um, uh, help with food guarding and resource guarding. Let's say you're out walking your dog, mm-hmm. and your dog's on a leash, and there's a loose dog that comes tearing over out of nowhere, 
and all of a sudden your dog and the loose dog are in a fight. Frequently people will get bitten in the process of trying to separate the two mm-hmm. dogs. Is there a safe way? What do you do in that situation? Right. So if two dogs are in a fight, um, you know, you don't reach in to separate them. <laughs> um, the best thing to do is to make a loud noise. Um, sometimes if you yell or scream, uh, that can, you know, distract them. Um, and you can also, um, not everyone <laughs> carries it but like a, a, a not a blow horn sometimes mm-hmm. like a loud noise like that can separate the animals what do you um, think about just going to the closest hose of a neighbor's house and gr- turning it on and, and spraying on, on both dogs water can be used to to break up a fight as well mm-hmm. okay so never use your hands to separate the two you're you're probably going to get bitten if you do that exactly yeah they'll redirect the bite um onto you Okay. If you are actually bitten by an animal, what steps should you take? Um, Absolutely go uh, seek immediate medical attention, Um, and that's that's the best thing to do. Um, Again, you can report that you were bitten by the dog, and then there are other steps that are taken. Um, uh, But, yeah, the, the... the most important thing is to go seek immediate medical attention. Um, and as far as um, concerns about rabies or anything like that, there hasn't been any reported cases of rabies in dogs um, for decades in yeah. I think since California. the 50s, yeah. Right, yeah. So that's really not too much of a concern. Okay. Um, but definitely but yeah. you should probably wash it out right away with soap and water for you know, a good five minutes. Just mm-hmm. really flush it. And and if you haven't had a tetanus shot in the past couple of years, your doctor would probably recommend you get that as well. Right, right. And also, you know, it's a good reminder for pet owners, too, of the dog. Uh, it, if they haven't been updated with their shots, you know, get them updated on their, their routine shots as well. Okay. If, if you find a lost animal, let's say there's one running around, should you try and get it on a leash and get it to your house, or or should you just go ahead and leave that to the experts? I recommend leaving that to uh, the your local animal control agency um, because they have the necessary tools to um, uh, catch a stray dog or animal or any other animal. Okay. Um, but, I mean, if the dog is willing to come to you, you can. Okay, so it's a, if it's obviously really friendly, go ahead and take it on home. But if it's showing signs of being a little bit skittish, then, then just kind of keep an eye on it. Call exactly. your animal control, and, and they'll get there, and they'll go ahead and take it to the shelter and, and get it to a safe place. Right, yeah, and and with most animal, well, all animal shelters, they will, you know, do a, a health check and scan for a microchip and ID tag so they can hopefully contact the owners of the animal. Okay. Well, we I'm sure you probably saw the viral video that's been going around about the little boy who was attacked by a loose dog and, and his cat, his hero cat oh, came yeah. and, and saved him and chased the dog away. With little kids, I just want to bring this up. Often mm-hmm. dogs view little kids not as human beings, but rather as prey because they're low to the ground. They make little high-pitched sounds that don't sound like humans. So they mm-hmm. don't necessarily think of them 
as humans. And so if they have a strong prey drive, they're going to go after them. What can we do to make sure our kids are safe, our little kids in particular, when they're out loose? When our right. kids are running around uh, out loose. <laughs> right. The kids, not the dog. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I, if an unfamiliar dog does approach, um, stand still, be silent, and avoid direct eye contact. Um, if you stare at a dog, they take that as um, as a threat, and that can instigate um, uh, and make matters worse. Um so, yeah, and also, you know, supervise children as well. Um, if they're out in the yard playing, you know, just make sure an adult is there to supervise to make sure that they're okay as well. Okay. Um, so if you have a real little, little kid, then probably the best, safest place for them to be running around playing is your fenced backyard rather than a front yard because you never know what's going to happen and, and – uh, until they get a little bigger. But, Zahara, this has been great chatting with you. I'm sure you have a lot of this on your website. Before I let you go, let's give everybody your website information. Sure. It is PasadenaHumane.org. Okay. And you have all kinds of information. It's a wonderful organization, and I thank you so much for stopping by the show this morning. Thank you for having me. It's time to take our last break of the morning, but when we return, be ready for Pet Place News and Events here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Back on the Pet Place Radio Show, I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Today, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., adopt and shop in Long Beach. Head on over to Pussy and Pooch, located at 4818 East 2nd Street, and meet pets from the Found Animals Group that need new forever homes. P&P will be donating $25 worth of pet food for every pet adopted. It's a great new program. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org to send us your comments or suggestions for the show and see what other fun animal-related activities there are on the Pet Place calendar. You can also visit us on Facebook. Just add backslash Pet Place Radio after Facebook.com. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day. Thank you.